Good morning and welcome to our Daily Word and Prayer. We're on this Saturday morning. We'd like to talk about something in the news and how it could relate to Scripture. Last night in Los Angeles at the Los Angeles Dodgers ball game, they were honoring the Sisters of Perpetual Indulgence. I don't know if you're familiar with this group or not, but they're really a pretty gross group. They mock the Catholics. They're, they're LGBT people who dress up like nuns and who engage in very blasphemous activities, extremely blasphemous, uh, homoerotic-type uh, blasphemy of the cross, of Jesus dying on the cross, mocking the Catholics, mocking Christianity, mocking our Savior, Jesus Christ. And for some reason, on this LGBTQ month, the Los Angeles Dodgers thought it would be good and appropriate to give them an award for their charitable work to honor this group, not just on their pride night with, you know, uh, all the other, all the groups they could choose from in California. They chose to honor this group out of San Francisco. Well, you may or may not know that created quite a backlash and uh, the, because the Catholics weren't very happy about this. And indeed, uh, they, they protested. They said, we're against it. The Dodgers at first rescinded this idea. They said, okay, we're not going to do it. Well, that upset the LGBTQ people. And so now they said they would do it. Well, that what in the world? How do you navigate these things? And a question comes to my mind, who wins when these things are going on? We are at smack dab in the middle of this LGBTQ month. And it just seems like America is saying enough is enough. Uh, we've had enough. We're tired of this stuff being kind of thrust down our throats, being put in our face. All of the, you know, we've got to not only accept that people are doing what they're doing, but we're all expected to quietly celebrate, quietly stand, maybe do nothing or else stand up and celebrate them. And a lot of people are saying enough is enough. So I, I want to ask the question today, who's winning? Who's winning? Well, you know, obviously Target doesn't seem to be winning in, this, in the culture war of the LGBT versus call it traditional morality. I would call it natural law or even higher, God-given law. God-given. Morality doesn't come from nature. Morality doesn't, we don't make it up ourselves. And certainly we don't vote on what's right and what's wrong. What's right and wrong comes from none other than God Almighty. And indeed, what we're witnessing, what we call a cultural war, is nothing more than outright rebellion against God and against God's order of how life is to be lived. Let's call it what it is. It's rebellion against God. And so it's it's been going on, as we know, since the Garden of Eden. And uh, it started when Satan, you know, tempted Eve. Does, did God really say, and doesn't that fruit look pretty good? And uh, it'd make you wise, make you a better person. You might even be like God if you have that. Sure enough, she ate, Adam ate. It's all been downhill from there ever since until Jesus came. Then that gave us hope. But it seems to be in America here now culminating and exploding in a way that that there are people standing up and said, enough is enough. So who's winning? Well, like I said, Target doesn't seem to be winning. 
They've lost an incredible amount of business. They're, they are exposed that they took sides in this culture war. And that's what people are upset about is these businesses that are taking sides. Target seems to be losing. People are saying, all right, you want to throw that stuff in our face? We're just not going to shop there anymore. And, uh, and they've, so, you know, the word is they, I don't go to the Target, they, but the word is they've moved it out. It's not as visible. We'll see what happens. Bud Light doesn't seem to be winning. They've been dethroned after years and years and years of being the most popular beer in America. Well, they no longer are. Why? Because they took sides in the culture war. They sided with the LGBT. They're trying to say, oh, no, we're both sides. They're trying to win it back. They seem to be losing. Um, Rose Montoya seems to be losing. You say, who's that? Well, that's a woman when, when at the White House and Joe Biden had the largest LGBTQ celebration ever at the White House and where they flew the gay flag, uh, it, you know, two American flags, and right in the middle is the, the uh, LGBTQ flag, which a lot of people believe was a violation of the flag code that you never put another flag more central, more prominent than the American flag, especially hanging from the White House. My friends... You wave the flag, that's, that's what you banner, what's a flag? That's what you rally around. You rally around the flag, and when the, when the LGBT flag is in the center, that's, that's signaling an insurrection. That's signaling an, an, a new leader. That's signaling a new flag to march behind. And this is what's being sent to us from the White House. But this Rose Montoya, who's a TikTok influencer, well, he who has had surgeries now to look like a, a she, uh, was so excited and posing with President Biden and running around the White House lawn that in his euphoria, he couldn't help but strip down, take off his top, and um, have pictures taken uh, topless at the White House. Well, even that was a bit far for the White House, and, and Rose Montoya is no longer welcome to come celebrate Pride with President Biden anymore. That was a step too far. But, well, we'll see. We'll see. They, they're not, the White House isn't changing their policy. Joe Biden won't be changing his policy. He won't be waking up to what's going on. It's just saying that's uh, inappropriate to strip down and run around naked on the White House lawn. I'm glad they have at least one standard. But how about the Dodgers? How about the Dodgers? Well, here was the scene last night when the Sisters for Perpetual Indulgence received their their award for charitable service. It was, look at that. There they are out on the field getting their honor, getting their award. Where is everybody? They didn't come. Well, this they did it long enough, early enough before the game that they did it when basically no one was there. I think the Dodgers tried to think, this is a sure loser for us. And so they gave them their award, but at a time when the stadium was basically empty. But what was going on outside the stadium? Thousands and thousands of Catholics mostly, but Christians as well. Because again, this isn't they the Sisters of Perpetual Indulgence are attacking the Catholic Church in particular, but Jesus as well. And Catholics and Christians were standing out there very graciously, very peacefully, letting their voice be heard. I, I I watched some of this demonstration live on the live stream, 
And they were so well-behaved, so gracious, so kind, praying for the, their persecutors, praying for these people, crying out to God to have mercy on them. Uh, I, I, a call for no bigotry, but I saw no hatred in their heart. I just need to commend them. I'm not Catholic. And there's some areas I, I disagree with Catholics on how they understand salvation. But boy, I, I commend them, and I was, I was particularly encouraged with, look at that picture there, how many men showed up? How many men? So often in, in some, I've noticed in some of these protests, pro-life and so forth, it's so often the women who are really leading us, and I'm glad that the women are involved but boy, the men were leading, and the men were speaking up for their faith. The men were speaking up for what was right here. And those are guys who would normally go to the ball game. But they weren't at the ball game last night. As a matter of fact, as I saw pictures of the stadium, I would say it was about 75% full on a beautiful Friday night when they were playing their arch rival San Francisco Giants, where normally every seat would be full at that stadium. So it raises a question, who wins on these things? Who wins on these things? Are boycotts helping? Does it help to take a stand? Who wins? Should we do it? Is it effective? And I'd like to, I'd like to say something that probably I'm, I'm almost sure nobody's thinking about regarding this. Number one, is it effective? Well, it seems, like I said, it seems like some of these companies are certainly backing off. They're not. They're they're given the pride one day and then not the whole month. Now it seems as if some of the companies are getting the message. Others just aren't. I mean, it's, they're they're just going continuing headlong right into this, alienating half of the nation, maybe more than half, alienating their live people who live in this little bubble in New York City or in or in San Francisco or Los Angeles and think everybody thinks like they do and don't realize. Most of the country doesn't. So, so some of those people are losing. But in Scripture, there's something I think we often forget about. And I want to go back to the story of Elijah and the prophets of Baal. This was a time when there was no rain in, in Israel. Baal was the weather god, the god who controlled the rain. And the people were worshiping Baal, and, and King Ahab and Jezebel had killed so many of the prophets of God, and the people didn't know what to think. Were they gonna, who were they going to follow? Were they going to follow God? Were they going to follow Baal? Baal was a false god. The people were stuck. They didn't know what to think. They needed rain. Would the God of Israel provide that rain, or would Baal provide that rain? And, and if they took any kind of a stand with the God of Israel— the King Ahab, King Ahab and Jezebel may just take their head the way he did all these prophets. And so here comes Elijah. And Elijah stands up to challenge the prophets of Baal. But here's what he says in the midst of that. We, we remember how he pro- challenged the prophets. We remember how he, they slayed the oxen and they called for fire to come down from heaven. And the God who answered by fire would be the true God. But notice this very, very important verse. Why did that tells us why he even did this. It says, Elijah came near to all the people and said, how long will you hesitate between two opinions? If the Lord is God, follow him. But if Baal, follow him. But the people did not answer him a word. What an interesting time. 
The people didn't know what to do. They were stuck. They were hesitating. And even when they were challenged, given to kind of choose you today, who you will serve type challenge, they didn't know how to answer. Would they go with Baal? Would they go with the Lord God, the God of Israel? Friends, I think we, I, I, I don't think this is unique to the times of Elijah. I think this happens in many generations. I think it's certainly happening in ours. And I want to tell you who it's happening with. It's happening with our children. Our children are living in a culture where they see people who are, have rejected God's moral standards and have embraced what the Bible says is perversion, the LGBTQ agenda, and they see these people standing up bold, courageous for what they believe in, declaring what they, they believe in. I got to hand it to these, the, these people. They are bold and courageous. On the campuses, they're 10 times more courageous than the believers I see. They, they will stand up. They'll, they'll celebrate. They will demand to be respected. And then often you have churches that are afraid of offending them. And so consequently, they stay quiet. They don't say that much. They want to be diplomatic. They want to, they, they, we want to love our enemies. We want to be kind to our enemies. We do want to overcome with love. We don't want to be mean-spirited. And often we're quiet. And when, what happens? Our children are watching. And, they, and often... People will follow those who stand up for what they believe in. There's something about that. There's something about standing up for what you believe in that causes people to gravitate towards that leadership. It's our children. It's our college students. It's our culture. Many businesses have done this. Many of these businesses that are taking sides in the culture war and going, you say, like, Bud Light, what in the world were you thinking? Some of these companies that that their whole clientele, do they not understand who these people are? But they see someone standing up and demanding to be respected, and the other side being quiet, saying nothing. And so they give they they stop hesitating. They go with the one that shows courage, that shows boldness. And I'd like to say that, that the Catholics there at Dodger Stadium last night, all these men and women out there, they showed boldness. They stood up graciously, kindly, but they stood up for what they believed in. I think it's going to have an effect. I think it's going to affect the Dodgers. I think it's going to affect Major League Baseball. I think it's going to affect the city. I really do. But whether it does or not, I think it's going to affect their children. I think their children are going to say, Mom and Dad have something they believe in. Mom and dad are not going to let our religion be mocked without, without a protest, without speaking against it. Now, I don't believe in being mean-spirited. I don't believe in just shouting bad stuff at one another. But I do believe I was, I'm so encouraged. I'm so encouraged to see people say, Target, you can do what you want to do. We're just not going to shop there. If that's, if that's what you want, we'll go elsewhere. Bud Light, of course, probably not a lot of my audience drinks Bud Light anyway. But... You know, we'll just find another beverage. Uh, President Biden, if that's what you want, we'll just vote for somebody else. We're just not going to go there. If that's what you, if that's the side you've chosen, we're just not going to go there. You can. It's America. You're free to make your decisions, and so are we. 
But we're not going to be silent. We're going to be courageous. We're going to stand up. We're going to be Elijah's. We're going to, we're going to challenge the people how long will you hesitate between two opinions. You say, well, Tom, wasn't Elijah Old Testament? Aren't we to be New Testament? Well, keep in mind, Jesus did the same thing with the Pharisees. Jesus said to the Pharisees of the Pharisees, let the blind follow the blind. They're, they're both going to fall in, the, in a pit. Let them alone. The blind, the Pharisees, Jesus would confront them. But when, they, when there was this public clash between what Jesus taught and the, and the salvation of Jesus and the, and the legalism of the Pharisees, Jesus publicly stood his ground and the people came to Jesus. He didn't, they didn't come to him because Jesus remained quiet or was afraid that maybe he might turn the Pharisees off. He stood his ground. He rebuked him. He challenged him. Why? Because when they took a public stand against him, he stood publicly and he called the people to follow him. My friends, I hope that I hope everybody gets saved and I want to win people in the LGBTQ community. We won't win them by being silent. We won't win them by being uh, timid. We won't win them by being uh, quiet, but we certainly won't win our own children and our own flocks and the people who are hesitating in the middle and don't know what to think. We certainly won't win those people by failing to stand up and speak what's right and true against those who are publicly confronting and challenging what God says is right. We want to win them all, but we also, don't forget, don't forget the people who are hesitating and looking for guidance. I want to be like that. I'm going to speak up what's true and right. I hope you will as well. And, uh, and, and together, maybe, just maybe, we can stop this cultural slide into the debauchery that we have been going headlong into. And maybe we've seen some positive signs here in these last few weeks. Amen. Father, we pray for our country. We pray for a revival in our land. We pray for a turning to you. We pray, Father, I want to ask that you would give, you'd raise up a whole host of believers who know how to stand firm, stand, stand strong, to declare what's good, right, and true in a gracious way, firmly, yet lovingly, speaking the truth in love, not backing down, not being timid, not being quiet but knowing how we can speak what's true and right. And I pray, Father, that as we do, as there's courage, that the people who are hesitating, the people who don't know what to think, they would follow the leadership of men and women of God who speak courageously in defense of what you say without any shame, because we believe your word to be true. We pray, Father, and our campuses, our schools, our government, our businesses, uh, our entertainment world, wherever it is, Lord, it's so easy for the believers to be quiet and shut down. And for those who have rejected you to be bold, might you turn the tide, we pray. Use us, Lord. Give us that courage to do this. And we pray for everyone who does speak up and stand up graciously, courageously for you. Give them, give them grace and your favor. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen and amen. All right, folks, be a winner. Stand strong. Be courageous. Join with us. We are not, we will not be silent. We will not be mean. We will not be hateful. We will not be bigoted, but we will not be silent. We'll stand for what's good, right, and true. I hope you'll join us. 
Come here and join us as we get in the Word every day here at 8.30 a.m. live, or you can watch later in the day, or even hear the podcast on the Apple, Spotify, or Google platform. I leave you guys. Look forward to seeing you tomorrow. Have a great day. Be strong and courageous. God bless you. Bye-bye.